Hi everybody, it's Jamie Grogan with Solutions for Solopreneurs, and I am back with one of my favorite guests ever. And I'm gonna let her introduce herself again, but if you guys have not checked out her podcast, or if you are looking for a life coach who seriously has some life, <laughs> seriously has some life, and she's not one of these 20-somethings, no offense, to all my millennials, I love you. But if you're looking for somebody who can really and truly understand the depths of despair and where you may or may not be right now, please hit my girl up. Go ahead, introduce hey. yourself. Hey, everybody, it's the Masha. Um, most know me as Zip Mouth Motivation. Yes. So, <laughs> they, they know me as that. I picked that name because I am generally a quiet spirit. I don't have much to say. But when it comes to life and when it comes to life experience, when it comes to wanting to see people grow, that's when I open my mouth. So it's me. How's everybody doing today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Demasha, we had such an amazing interview that first time. And I was like, oh, I've got to keep in touch yes. with, this, with this badass because we have so much in common and there's not enough women, especially African-American women. We talked about it the last time. There's not enough of us that reach out and say, I just want to listen. Tell me about your life. Tell me your story without judgment, without condemnation, without shame, none of that, because we don't need that. We are our worst enemy, truly. Girl. So everything that people say to us, we've already said it to ourselves 10, 15 times, you know? So it's not like we need someone to fix things for us. Right. We just need somebody to listen and to be there when we're not strong enough, you know? Right, so, we need to pick me up. You know, yeah. I'm glad you said that because I'm finding that um, I'm getting into a different network of people lately. You know, like a different connection, a different network of African American women that are willing to support, that are willing to assist, that are willing to just listen and just want to be your friend. They want that positive energy around them. You know, Absolutely. and I find that to be amazing amazing because that was something in my heart that I longed for you know I find that some of our sisters you know like we go from being best friends we're no longer best friends no more now we're spraying all of our dirty laundry right I'm on a mission like I really want that to stop please so much connection that we can have so much we can make happen for our children our husbands you know, our families, whatever. It's so much more that we could do building a network. You know what I'm saying? Like just building a network of African-American women, women in general, just women of color so that we can show each other that we can be powerful. Right. We can be powerful. We can achieve the goals that we want and that we need. And I don't know, I, I'm just getting so excited. I mean, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about what's going on in my life. I'm excited about what's going on in your life. Because I've been watching and listening too, you know. So I'm, I'm excited, you know, because I know things are, I know we're going through this COVID and I know it kind of put a damper on people's lives and in their homes and financially. But you know what? I still feel like God is able. I still feel like- Absolutely. 
I still feel like this was a pause time for us because I've been celebrating people have been, I've been seeing people start businesses. I mean, like they've been doing all kinds of stuff, you know? And right. so I feel like it was a pause to like kind of reevaluate your life. For sure. Evaluate where you're, you were going and just kind of like, okay, you're either going to stay and still and be stagnant or you're going to move. Right. So people have been moving, minds have been changing. So it's exciting. It's yeah, exciting. for sure. And um, one of the things that um, I say is my shine does not diminish your shine. Girl, I love that. That is, if we could get that mindset, and everyone could get that mindset, especially our sisters, that just because I'm shining doesn't mean that it's dimming your light. You know, like you and I do the same thing in a different aspect. You know what I'm right. saying? But you're my right. sister. I'm excited. I'm excited for you to be on my show in a couple right. of weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm ready to celebrate my sister. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if we can keep that mindset and move forward, the network would be so big. Yes. It would be big and it would just be a loving place where you can come and be supported because you might be down one day you might right. see me and I could just wrap my arms around you you know what I'm saying just right. like that's all you need it that's it that's or it. I might, we make a connection I might come on you come on my mind I say you know what let me just pick up the phone and call her right see a connection. you know what I'm saying or just send like a text message whatever Whatever. That's how we support each other. That's right. And, and ultimately that's what it's all about. And, you know, I, I, I'm 49 years old, almost 49. And what I've learned the, the most about people is just how much we love connections. We love that. And I call it soul bonded. Right. When you have that connection with somebody um, and it could be for five seconds. It could be for 50 years. Right. You know, it's about putting yourself out there authentically and being vulnerable. Right. And scary. That is super scary mm -hmm. for everybody, men, women. It's, it, you know, but for us, especially because we are the backbone of the African-American culture. We've right. always been the ones to hold things down when shit was funky. Right, right. You know, and because we've always had to operate at that level, it's hard to trust people. It's hard mm -hmm. to, you know, um, not have that, um, you know, that armor on, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But when you're all closed off and protected and everything, then the light can't come in either. So it's, it's important. It's so important. And I know it's scary. I know it's scary. And I know that there are things that have happened in everybody's life where they're like, well, you know, I, I tried that back in 1984, you know, and so-and-so, <laughs> so -so, you know, and you making everybody in your future pay for that. Right. But who's really paying? You are. You are. And you're so right about that. You know, like, I, I've been thinking lately, you know how in the Black family we teach our children, our, our parents taught us, you don't tell nobody nothing that's going on. That's right. 
And, and so we were branded to keep stuff inside and to hide yep. and to feel ashamed of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like I've been trying to change that mentality, especially in my kids, because I'm telling them like, if nothing going on in my house is like nothing, you know, like I'm not doing nothing crazy. Yep. Right. But I want you to be able to speak out about your feelings, your emotions. I want you to be able to be the authentic you and not be afraid or be embarrassed of if something happens. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And you, you, our experiences help other people. What Absolutely. you've gone through is going to help somebody else. They're mm-hmm. so scared to say, like, we go through things. Right. We, that is, that's the one frustrating thing for me because if we do, we can make that connection. Right. Like you and I talking, we figured like we went through some same things in our lives, like 10 years apart. (laughs) For sure. But we went through the same, (coughs) you know? Yeah. And so I'm sure the more that we talk, the more that we get to know each other, there's going to be more things. And then we might connect to another, you know what I'm saying? Yes. we're so afraid. In my book, I'm telling all, like I'm telling everything about me, you know? And I'm telling about my passion, my dreams, my failures. Because I'm not afraid to say I failed. Yeah. yeah, I tried it back in 2001. But you know what? I'm willing to try it again because everybody's not the same. And right. Every situation is not the same. Right, right. And I, I don't know if I said this on our podcast, but I'm changing my word. I'm not using failure anymore mm. because it has such a negative connotation to it. And just because you failed, and when people say this and, you know, they, everybody rolls their eyes, you know, um, failure is, the, is, pay, is what paves the road to success, I think is the, the saying. But that still doesn't quite have a positive spin on it. Enough for me, anyway. So I stopped using failures. I, I stopped using that word. And now what I say is, excuse me because when you say to somebody oh wow look at that scar how'd you get that it's never like you know uh you know it's not like something that they're cringing for from or anything they're more like wow that's I'm very curious how you got that yeah tell me how tell me the story that must be a good story you know what I mean and so that's how I think of my failures Oh, that's a scar. That's a scar. But right. that scar means that that part of me is stronger than whatever tried to hurt me. Exactly. Wow. That's now that's great. I felt that. Like wow. <laughs> <It's a scar. laughs> and so, if you think of yourself as you know, I have this one scar on my, and that's how it came to me. I have this one scar from breaking up a dog fight. Now, I am a dog person. Listen, I will be on the ground, rolling around, fighting the dog over my dog. I, and I've done it before, many times. But, but and I'm not joking either. People that really know me. I'm looking at you like a dog. What the what? Tell me more. See? You're like, wait, wait, wait. You got to tell me that. What, what, what's going on? What happened now? <laughs> so my, my dog, Coda, he's super, super protective over me. Mm-hmm. And if vibes are not right, he'll come and he'll either sit right next to me 
or if he has the opportunity to sit in between my legs, that's right. where he'll sit. Because he's like, you know, I want to see from all angles if someone's trying to hurt my mom. Right. And so we were at this dog park and he does not like Great Danes. And and for some reason, I don't know if it's just because they're so big. Right. But he does not like them. And anytime he's around them, he's real quiet and he watches them and the hackles on the back of his uh, uh, neck will stand up. Oh my God. He doesn't like them. And we were at the dog park this one time and two of them came in with this little lady. She was like five to 110 pounds. <laughs> and she had two gray days. I thought to myself, you know what are you going to do if one of those dogs starts right. to a fool? Right. right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I both my dogs, I can pick, pick up with one hand, you know, right. but I mean, I'm strong and I've, you know, trained them. So, but, um, so I was sitting on this bench, on the picnic bench, turned this way towards all the dogs. And as soon as she came in, Coda came over to me, went under the table and came out and had his head between my legs. Oh and, my God. and they circled, the two dogs circled. They did a whole circle and, you know, walked right in front of us and, you know, kind of looked at both of us and Coda was growling in the back of his throat. Right. And right. I was like, okay, so it's time for us to go. So my right. plan was to wait until they got the furthest away from us to get up and leave. Right. Right. Well, I don't know what I did when he, when the big black one, there was a black one and then a white one with um, black spots. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what I did. I think I might have shifted my weight or something. And he was passing me and his head snapped to me and he just lunged at oh me. Oh my God. Yeah, he just lunged at me. But as he was lunging, I crouched down and I let him come this way. And then I just threw him over my head, you know, right. with his weight, you know. You're a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> hell no. I was trying to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> I was like, good God, this is a big old dog coming at me. <laughs> oh my but when he went over and he hit the table, the other one came charging and Coda and him were going at it, right? And so I, the, the way you're supposed to break up a dog fight is use something. You're supposed to use, you know, some kind of instrument to break, you know, to break them up. Break them up. Yeah. Right. So, but there, I couldn't, and I, I knew that my dog was going to die if I didn't, oh, if I didn't right. do something, right? right. I had his collar, and so I pulled him back. But as I did, the other dog wouldn't let him go and had him around his neck. Oh. You know? So I let his collar go, and I took my thumb, and I put it in the dog's eye. And I'm pushing down on his eye, and he, you know, squealed and let go, and he ran off. But then the black one came around the table. Now, this is all like, you know. Where is the owner? Right? She's, she's screaming their names. She's literally screaming their names. And, oh and when he came around the corner, and I was already kind of crouched down, and he jumped on me, and then, you know, him and Coda. So all three of us were, like, rolling around on the ground. And when he had lunged at me, I put my arm up and he literally just chomped right on my arm. Oh my goodness. And while I had him, you know, attached to me and Coda was attached to his neck. And I said to Coda, I said, leave it. 
you know, screamed at him right, and he right. let go. And so I had Coda's leash, I mean, collar and the other dog right here. So it was just chaos. That, that was complete chaos. That, it was complete chaos. And then all the other dogs were, you know, like circling around and everything. And so I literally had to pick Coda up by his collar and on two feet, you know, now he's walking on his back legs and I'm leading him out of the park. And I didn't realize it, but I looked down and I had blood in like three different places. And the owner was like, the owner was like, your dog lunged, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I was like, I'm not even entertaining your thoughts right now. I just need oh to get out of this dog park. And so I get out and I put him in the, in the car and I'm checking him because I'm mm -hmm. like, if he's got puncture wounds, I'm going right now to the, to the ER vet you know, right. and he didn't have any puncture wounds, but he had blood. So I'm trying, I'm freaking out, trying to figure out where the freaking blood was coming from. And then I realized it was dripping out of his mouth. Oh, it was dripping out of his mouth. And I don't know if he bit his tongue or if it was from the other dog or whatever, but, right. but yeah. I, and I, st that scar is deep. That scar yes. is on me. And so, you know, and so from then on, I actually carried a flathead screwdriver in my back pocket because I'm like, next time, it's not going to be my finger. Right. Because that was, that, that was too much. And the owner just like screaming, wait a minute. <laughs> what do you mean? Literally. <laughs> Literally screaming their names. I don't even remember their names, but that's all she was doing was screaming their names. And um, it ended up other people had to grab the dogs because they kept wanting to go after us after you know we're trying to get out of the dog park and I was like but the next time I saw her when she you know was walking down the street and I looked at her I said you're gonna wait until we ready to leave I said you're not coming in here right and she was like she was like well we already talked to the blah 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 I said I don't care what I said and I reached in my pocket I said come in here if you want to Right, <laughs> girl, like you got to defend yourself and your dog and the owner. Oh my goodness! Yes, I understand completely why you call them stars and not failures. <laughs> oh, because I was strong. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> right, like, right, ready to fight. <laughs> ready to fight. And it's so funny how people, you know, categorize dogs like pit bulls. I've never had a problem with a pit bull in my life. My dogs mm -hmm. love pit bulls. And there's so many different <clears throat> reasons why they have a bad rap. But when they're sorry. honestly good dogs, they're really good dogs. That's right. Really, girl, all girl love. dogs are wild. Right. So, you know, boy dogs, you can tame them a little bit. Girls, you know, they like to get off the chain a little bit. You got to put them in line. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> This is the story of our life, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Because we're supposed to be, you know, we're supposed yeah, we to be that. Be. Right? Wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so scars, scars to me, you know, and you can build on scars. Right. Right? right. Because that's your strength. And you say to yourself, I got through, you know, a seven-year domestic violence riddled marriage. Right. I got through a nine-year-long custody battle. And yes, some people may look at that stuff and think that they're failures, but I don't. I look at them as scars that I learned from and I grew from 
and I'm stronger because of them. Right, right. You know what's so funny is, is when you said all of that, the one thing that came to my mind is the fact that you said in our beginning forward conversation, you was like, you know, I, I can't do this for long term. Mm. But you've done so much in your life long term. <laughs> so you said you were a sprinter. Mm. You really not a sprinter, you just want to be a sprinter. <laughs> I just want to be a sprinter. I want to have a sprinter's body. That's what it really comes down to. <laughs> How can we get there? How can we achieve that goal without all of that other stuff that you guys talk about you got to do? I was going to say, I can run a 50-yard dash, a 100-yard dash. I can do the relay. But, man, you put me in talking about 26.2 miles. You, it's over you, with? I was going to say, you can pick me up at the pizza shop, whichever the closest <laughs> one is. <laughs> I'm like, Whoo! 26 miles, Lord have mercy. That's a long run right there. I'm a runner. Like, I love to run. I ran track my whole life. Me too. And so long distance is my thing. You is know? it? It is. Ooh. It really is my thing. I have, and even in life, I have patience, and I don't know where they come from honestly that's amazing I not. because with my life like I was thinking yesterday I was like man I've been going through this battle being kind of displaced living like I told you I'm living in two states right. I've been going through this battle for like two years now yeah and I told I told God this mindset I'm over it I'm right. over I'm like I'm over it I'm just over I'm like we gotta something has happened something has to change right you know because like my endurance I'm not gonna say is running out but I'm getting at that frustrating point. You know, you right. know, like you're going through something and you're going through it and you're now you're at that, okay. Right. This is being too repetitive. I need right. to see a difference. I need to see something different, you know? Right. And I know like in life, I feel like a lot of us go through things, but you know what helps us is that connection. That's right. Because right. just being here and being able to express that to you, I'm like, okay, you know what, Demasha, you got it. You good. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Having somebody to express. And you didn't say nothing except for, wow, yeah, right. And that, it just being able to express it. You know what I'm saying? And then you understand, like, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and people used to say to me all the time when I was going through my custody battle, I don't know how you do it. You know, people used to say that to me all the time. And um, my response was, I don't have a choice, you know? And when you don't have a choice, you just do it. Right. I was thinking that the other day. I was like, I don't have, some things in my life, I don't have a choice. Right. And when people tell me, I don't understand why or how or who, and I would do this, I would say this, and I would act like this, and I tell them, like, it's that simple. I, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. It's, there's no option. I have one option and that's the end, you know? Right. And I think like as women, when we get into that place where we feel like we only have one option, we need each other. Yes. We really need each other. Absolutely. You don't need people. Like I've heard some of the most negative things um, in the last two years ever. You know, like I've had people who, you know, like they say, I'm right or die. You know, right. I got your back. Right fall off right just completely fall off right disappear no more you know no nothing you know what I'm saying yeah. and then it kind of it, it hurt me but I said you know what I've been here before right this isn't the first time I've been in this place like you say them people say back in 1984 I tried you know and 
I feel, you know, like I feel that way. Like, okay, I've been here. I, I've been in this place where I feel alone or I feel like I have nobody or I feel like I'm fighting a battle that I'm not going to win or I'm fighting a battle that, you know, like just all those emotions come up yes. in where you feel like, man, I'm hanging by myself more than I'm hanging with anybody else. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get into those places. And this is when the connections that are not close, those loved ones, those cousins, and when those people might push you to the side for those other connections. That's right. And this is why I tell people, like, it's so important to connect to other people outside of your box, yep. outside of your circle, just people who are out and about, like, we met one time. Right. <laughs> right. Oh. I'm like, there's my sister. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, because it's so true. And we need that so much, especially right now. You know, I mean, people are going through stuff. You know, they they really are. And it's just. I just don't want people to feel like they are alone, right? You know, and with you and your um, your custody stuff, <clears throat> there is so much. Like, because you are a mom, your visceral reaction mm -hmm. to what you're going through is exactly the opposite of what they want to see in court. Right, right. Exactly the opposite. Every time I would cry in court, the judge would be like, you know, Ms. Brogan, I know that you love your kids, but this is um, unstable behavior. Right. right. You know, and I'm like, you're talking about the people that I carried in my body. Right. What? What? Right. And I'm still only seeing them every other weekend. It's been three years. And now you're telling me, oh, you know, something else. Like, you know, his wife <clears throat> had more rights to my kids than I did. Isn't that crazy? And I'm thinking, and I'm like, wait, hold up. <laughs> she right. was not there when either of these babies was made or born. Right, right, right. And so anger, when you get angry, you can't be that way in court. Right. You no, know, they, 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 they don't want to see that because then they're going to label you a person who is unstable. Right. You know what I mean? So for you to have a safe place to fall, you know, fall apart. Right. Scream. Right. Get angry, curse. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And towards the end, I didn't have anybody like that because it had been going on so long. Everybody was just tired of hearing about it. Exactly. You know, people would call me on Sunday at nine o'clock or eight o'clock or seven o'clock because four o'clock was the drop off. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I'd be like, yeah, what's up? You know, and they'd be like, oh, what's the matter? You sound down. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I just had to drop the kids off, you know, and they would be like, oh, that's all. They don't understand. They don't get it. They they don't get it. They don't it. get so it. My the, the boys are with me. 
You know what I'm saying? They're with me, you know, Monday through Friday and they go on the weekends. But just the display of unhappiness, just, you know, with it, it, their emotions fall on me. You know what I'm saying? Their emotions follow me because every weekend they're like, mom, we want to stay with you. And I have to tell them, well, no, you have to go, you know, with your dad. Yeah, and it, it bothers me. You know, it, it, bothers me. it bothers me that I've been taking care of some kids by myself with no support. But then you want to take them because you don't, right. you know, like whatever your issue is in your mind, you know, right. that bothers me because in, in all of the stuff that we went through in life and all of the chances I gave you and all of the support that despite how you treated me, it feels like a slap in the face. And I had to learn like people are not you, Demasha. They're yeah. not going to do the same things that you do. They're not going to do, they're not going to show the same respect. They're not going to show the same love. They're not going to show the same forgiveness. Right. That was hard for me to learn. Mm. It's hard for everybody to learn. That is a that is a huge struggle. And for you with your kids, when you know that a situation is not in their best interest, but you still have to drop them off. You still listen. That is, you know... Uh, and and to have nobody that you can truly confide in, you know, and that knows, you know, to the soles of their feet what you're going through, you know, um, and to have your kids beg you not to, oh, Sunday afternoons, my Shelby, my little one, she would just all day long, she would just say, can I stay? Can I please stay? I just want to stay. And she would tell that to anybody who would listen, any guardian ad litem, any, you know, any judge, any lawyer, no matter who it was, she would be like, I just want to be with my mom. I just yeah. want to be with my mom. Right. You know, and they, they accused me of brainwashing. They accused me of parental alienation. And, you know, all these words where I'm like, you know, she's a smart kid. Right, right. She and knows I, what she wants. You know, and, and that's what bothers me about life and about people is because they look over kids like kids don't know oh. anything. Like they don't have any emotions. I've worked with kids since I was 18 years old. 18 years old. I'm 38 now, be 39 in June. So, Ooh, June what? June 21st. Are you, are you a cancer? Well, I'm a cancer and a Gemini. I'm, I'm at the end. You're on the cusp. I'm the cusp. <laughs> See, so am I. I'm July 19th. See? <laughs> the <Girl>. cusp babies. <laughs> See? And, oh, my gosh. So you're almost exactly 10 years younger than me. Right. That's what I said. 10 years apart, we went through stuff. 10 years apart. And here we are today. It's amazing. Wow. It's like, it's a it's like a ordained connection it's an ordained connection i love it i love it. people ignore children mm. and i can remember um i remember i was a case manager and so i had to remove children from home oh and i had to go to a home and i had to remove a child from a parent that was being um abusive and right. neglective this child was screaming and cussing me out it did not matter. They wanted to be with right. that parent. It right. did not matter. 
Right. None of that mattered. And the child didn't find that to be a normal behavior. Right. And so to me, it was like, man, how could you want to be with someone who's doing that to you? Right. But that's the only love that that child felt. Right. The only love. And so children are smart enough to talk and to, they hold so much inside. When I talk to my boys and all the stuff that they hold inside, it's like, a, like I'm like, wow. Like, right. I didn't even know you felt that. Right. I didn't even, you know, I, I had a family member die and I didn't mm. take the boys to the funeral because I wanted them to remember that family member the way that family member was. I didn't want right. them to see him, you know, like in the kids right. and stuff like that. Right. And so like, a, you know, we did our family activities, like, you know, you normally do dinners and cookouts and party, whatever. Right. And so it was probably like two weeks later, my son, he was looking down. And so I was like, well, what's wrong, honey? And he was like, you know, I just miss my cousin. You know, and I did, it didn't even dawn on me that he felt that emotional about it. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? It did not even dawn on me. And sometimes we overlook what children feel and what they have going on in their lives and what's going on in their mind. And we just like pass them off. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So going through this custody and my son does the same. My younger son does the same thing. Every Friday, they're both begging. They want to stay. They don't want to yeah. go. And it really bothers me that I have to force them to do something that they don't want to do or they don't feel comfortable in a place. And then I have to hold the things that they tell me. I have to hold those things inside. And all I can do is pray. I feel helpless. Right. I feel helpless as a mother. You know what I'm saying? And, and that. My babies. <laughs> right? Because that's all you want to do. Because listen, there was a one. I'm going to tell you two stories. One story where I'm going to use a, a hypothetical situation. Mm -hmm. So let's just say that your child had really long, beautiful, curly hair. <clears throat> and somebody who took care of them, took care of them, mm -hmm. um, didn't want to deal with that hair. Right. So anybody that has any sense knows that if you cut curly hair, it's not going, that doesn't help. No, not at all. No, no. it doesn't. So you have to get it cut a certain way. Right. And it's called thinning. It's not, you don't just chop it off, you know, which right. hypothetically, let's just say that happened, you right. know, and it went from mid back to around her ears. Wow. And this child was so upset she didn't want her hair cut and this person literally held her down in the chair at the beauty salon right and chopped her hair off and sorry <laughs> excuse me one second sure i'm sorry that's all right. I paused it. So, so that, that, you know, the next, let's say the next time, um, the parent and that child got together, the parent was like, okay, well, um, I think I might have to just take care of this myself, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, they may or may not pay to visit to the stepmom to have a conversation with that person, you know, to, to let them know, 
<clears throat> I will rock the hell out of an orange jumpsuit. Right. Okay. Without Play with me. <laughs> Without a problem. <laughs> Play with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm with you. I understand the hypothetical situation. <laughs> I will wear it to the T. I might even take a little roll of sleeves up, everything. I was going to say, I already know where I'm going to bling the hell out of that orange. Orange is my color. Play with me. Right. right. My skin glows when I wear orange. Okay. Ain't okay. no shame in my game. Right. Ain't no shame in my Not game. about your children. Ooh. And, yeah. But then you have to remember that like when you said you're patient and you're an introvert and that you have to hold that stuff in mm -hmm. you know you can't do that right you can't because for your own health physical mental and and emotional health you cannot you have to discharge that energy you have to and it took me a long time to realize that I want them to come to me, but we got to come up with a system of some sort, you know? So we came up with the one, two, or three system. Right. So if they come to me and they say, Mom, I have something to tell you. Okay, before we start, is it a one, is it a two, or is it a three? One, you just want me to listen. That's it. You want me to listen and give you advice. That's number two. Right. Or number three, you want me to listen, give you advice, and you want me to do something. Right. What did, you know, because they would come to me with these horrific stories and I would just be, you know, just, just, woo, <laughs> ready to put on my camouflage, black face, you know, putting my hair in a ponytail, taking my wig off, you know, I'm ready to scrap. Right. But that's not, that might not be what they need. And if you know going into a conversation, one, two, or three, mm -hmm. okay, it's just a two. So I need to bring it down. I need to make sure they're not seeing my emotions as I'm, you know, getting angry and, and, you know, and, and saying to them, well, what what did you do or what you know what you know because when you're angry the child does not know that you're not angry at them right you know what i mean and so for me because i'm an emotional being my mother says to me still to this day jamie you wear your heart on your sleeve mm. so and my face says everything so <laughs> i literally whoo i'd be in the car looking in the rearview mirror and i'd be like okay <laughs> I gotta exercise my face. Let me soften my face. Let me soften my face. <laughs> See, I don't have that problem. I have one expression. One expression, and it's like this. And everybody's like, what's wrong? There's nothing wrong. I just look like this all the time. <laughs> but for my kids, that one, two, and three works so well, and it helps me with my emotional reaction because I knew going into a conversation what they needed from me right right I need that I need and I need to know because I I'm instantly and I, you know some people might say I'm a funny person when it comes to my kids 
I was never supposed to have children. Mm-hmm. At um, 16 years old, I had ovarian cancer. I had to have things moved, and I had um, lost a lot of time during school and things like that. And so they labeled me barren. Wow. Barren. I was never supposed to have children. My daughter, I had her after, you know, like I went to the um, the OBGYN. He was like, well, I know what the paperwork says. He says, but I believe you can have children. He mm. said, you're young, you still have your ovaries, you know, you still have everything functioning well. I believe you can have children. So I go, we start doing treatments, everything works out. I get pregnant. I get pregnant with a girl. I have her and she passes away. You know, I was crushed. That was seven years of being married. Finally, after seven years, I have a child. She passes away. So I go back to the OBGYN. He said, don't worry about it. He said, I give you one year, you'll be pregnant again. In a year, I had my son. And then three years later, I had my other son. But the point is, I was never supposed to have children. So if God gave me those gifts, Right. I'm supposed to protect them. That's you know right. what I'm saying? And yeah. that's how I feel. And yeah. so people might say, like, I act funny about my kids or this and that, but I'm protecting them. And yeah. then when you lose a child, it's so hard to, to like, you, you want to know what's going on with them. Because right. Child, you never lose that pain. You mm. never lose that pain. When her birthday comes, you know, like when I see little girls, you know, like I always think in my mind, like, man, what if, I wonder what, you know what I'm saying? So you never lose that. So I'm very protective. I'm very protective over my kids. They're boys. So I let them be boys. You know, they right. fall, I'm not running to them. They play right. sports. Sometimes when they play sports, I'm a little bit like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. And my son's older now. One, my, I have one that's about to be 13 in a couple of months. So he's like, mom, just chill out. You know, that's the yeah. thing mom I'm okay mom you know everything's good mom you know so, I'm looking at him like boy all right, all right. you know so but it's just life you know what I'm saying and I would I'm I believe in two parents I grew up with two parents in my home yeah. so I believe that you need a mother and you need a father and they should be in each other's life but right. what I don't believe in is control mm. what I don't believe in is abuse I don't believe in those things. That's right. You know, if you want to be a parent, you be a parent. And you be a supportive parent. Just right. as supportive as I am to you. Right. Nothing is one-sided. And I think like in our Black community, we we get this misconstrued. You know what I'm saying? We yes. get this, this concept misconstrued of being a supportive parent. You got your baby daddy and all right. of that stuff. And everything's fine, but be supportive to each other because it makes a better child. Yes. They don't need to be going through custody battles. I don't think parents know what the mental that does to children. No. They don't know the emotions and the stigmas that come along with that. Because, see, we as adults, we'll get over it. After it's over, it's still with the children. Absolutely. And I I I can tell you things that I see that my girls do now that are a direct result of that custody battle, mm-hmm. 100%. And even though um, there are a lot of, a lot of um, missteps, I'm going to say, 
that I made during that those those years was you know because the justice system does not deal with reality. Correct. The justice system deals with statutes on a piece of paper, you know. Right. And I remember the last guardian ad litem that we had, and I remember saying to her, "This is their life. This isn't." them until they're 18. This is their life for right. the rest of their life. Right. This is their life. You know what I mean? And when you think about, oh, well, you're, um, you know, under 18, so you're a child. Right. So I, as a guardian at litem or lawyer or judge, know what's best for you. Right. That to me is just some crazy thinking, you know? And it's like, you don't you realize that these are just shorter adults and yeah. i remember saying to my oldest daughter when we were really going through it after the custody changed hands mm -hmm. you know and she came to live with me 50 50 my oldest daughter my youngest daughter she was all in she was like i'm i'm out, I'm right. out. you know <laughs> but alex my oldest got to choose and right. so Alex was like, I want to be with you 50% and I want to be with him 50%, which I was like, awesome. And that's what I w wanted from the beginning. Right. Um, but through a whole bunch of legal crap that I didn't know um, why I lost custody. And that was another thing people used to say to me all the time. Um, oh, well, why did you lose custody? You know, and I would tell them and they would be like, well, there's, there's got to be more to it. Like, were you an, on drugs? Were you an alcoholic? You know? And, and they would look at me and they'd be like, but you look healthy. I'm telling you, unsensitive. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, listen, first of all, but no, we won't even get into that. <laughs> because, you know, people just, they assume that because they've watched some you know, CSI or criminal minds mm -hmm. that they know how the justice system works. Right. You no, know? this is not an hour uh, series. You right. know, people would say to me, nine years? Why is it taking so long? Because that's how the justice system works. Exactly. That's how the system goes. It's, and that's it's a slow goes. moving sloth. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and it's painful it's painful and every time you open your mailbox and you see that stamp of the courthouse you get a freaking knot in your stomach you know and you walk a little quicker to your house because you like oh lord oh lord oh lord at least that's how i was i was like oh god right. that's how i am i'm like mm. what now what now? Anxiety. <laughs> and you, you know, I, sometimes I wouldn't open it for a couple of days just because I was like, you know, I can't. I can't. Right I get it on a Friday, I won't open it until Sunday or Monday. Right. I really won't. You right. know what I'm saying? Because I just can't. I don't want to. I'm tired now. You know what I'm saying? I'm tired. <laughs> and when you're with, thank you. And when you're with your kids, you know, you got to really shield them from it as much as possible. You know? Right. So, you gotta up. right, right. Like I do extra stuff. I'm bicycling now <laughs> oh. because I'm trying to keep their minds off of things. You know, like even when the other parent thinks 
that you're talking about them and you're saying stuff about them. No, these kids want to be with you. So you got to make things better. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I'm riding bicycles. I'm on hoverboards. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm yes. doing stuff like this. I'm I'm just being crazy. You know. No, but but you're I not. want them to feel like okay, I, I can have a break from whatever trauma or drama I'm going through. Right. Right. Ooh, I'm telling you, when 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 I put that call out, you know, to to interview people. I knew it was the right thing to do because I was in such a funk. I was in such a funk. Um, and God sent me exactly who he, he wanted, you know, us to, he wanted us to meet. He wanted us to form this, this connection and this bond because there are lessons in everybody's life exactly you know and when you are vulnerable and open to that kind of a connection where i can say to you i know what it's like to lay on the floor and cry because you're so angry because right. you can't do anything to help their pain right you know so when i tell you i know what that's like right. i know what it's like I, I know crying myself to sleep because I was so worried about what was going on at that house. And not because I, I wanted control, right. but because when your daughter tells you she hides snacks in her closet so that when things get really bad and they go in the closet, if they have to be there for hours, right. they have snacks. Right. Right. Nobody knows. They don't know the back end of why it bothers you because they don't know. They don't care what the kids are feeling or what they're seeing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so, you, like I said, you got to protect. So you can't always vocalize what's right. being said. So right. they don't know. But right. I know you understand my heart. Mm -hmm. you, know what I mean? you understand like what's going on in my heart. And, and you know what the thing is, though? I still have to progress through life. Even though I want to give up some days, I still have to progress. Right. I still have to build a business. I still have to do a podcast. I still have to work a full-time job. That's right. I still got to be a mama. Right. You right. know? So you still right. have to eat still. But being able to tell you that, being able to talk to you, gave me some peace. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because... <clears throat> um, what's his name? Um, John Gray. Do you know who John Gray is? No. Um, he's a he's a pastor. Um, um, big guy, bald. Um, I think I heard him. I think I heard him a few times. I think yeah, because the name sounds familiar. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very controversial because he's um, made some pretty big mistakes um, as far as not being faithful to his wife and stuff. But my grandmother used to say, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Okay. Okay. So, so just because what he said, the vehicle people look at as broken, that to me doesn't mean that he's not speaking truth. Right. Exactly. And, and one time, um, this is a couple years ago, he went live on Instagram and it was pitch black. 
and he was talking, it was like three o'clock in the morning and he was like, um, basically saying, you know, I think to myself, why is my life spinning out of control right now? Why do I feel like I have so many obstacles, right. you know? And I resonated with what he was saying with the frustration and the, you know, just endless feeling of, gosh, when is this is gonna, when is this gonna be over? You know, I'm, I'm so far into it, I can't even see the tunnel, let alone the light at the end of the tunnel. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right? You like screaming into the void, you know, and you don't even hear your echo coming back to you. That's how deep you are, right. you know? But he said, and I'm telling you, I was, and this might be too TMI, but I was literally sitting on the toilet watching <laughs> watching this black screen as he talked, you know? Right. And he said, and then I realized, because God said to me, you were not sentenced to this life. You were mm. trusted with it. Right. And I literally burst into tears. Girl, my heart went... I was like, oh, wow. I was not sentenced to this life. I was trusted with it, just like you were trusted with those babies. Right, right. So if you were trusted with them, God's going to get you through it. Right. Because that was my, my, that's what I always went to God with when I was going through my custody battle is, how dare you? put me in this situation how dare you sentence me to having these children and then having to push them into somebody else's house where i knew how dare you do that to me and not equip me to deal with it right right and i said that for years and i went to church and i talked to pastors and i was like it's not fair right it's not fair right why are you doing this to me why are you doing this to them? How right. dare you? I was so angry all the time. And I went to work and I went to the parent-teacher conferences, but I walked around like nine out of 10 all the time, mm -hmm. all the time, you know, and, and ready to fly into a rage. And right. then I would come down Thursday night, I would come down because tomorrow I get to see my girls. Right. Friday was always an awesome day and I would walk around and I'd be smiling and I would go to the school to pick them up and my little one would come screaming out of that school, <laughs> you know, and we would just hug and, and everything was right in the world. Right. But then Sunday would come and every time, every single time she would beg me, beg me. You know, and then I would have to, and it would start all over again, you know, right. and I would be like, I just don't understand why you would do this to me. Right. <laughs> it's all right. That's my baby. I'm sorry. It's all right. So I would be like, you know, what? <clears throat> Take that and go. 
So I would be like, why, you know, why would you do this to me? And then I realized, and this is what I want everybody listening and watching to understand. Then I realized that instead of looking at what I didn't have, I needed to focus on what I did have. And I was away from all my family. I was away from my friends. But what I did have was all of the lessons that I was taught by all of my aunts and uncles, by my grandmother, by, you know what I mean? All of these people who poured into me when I didn't realize that that's what they were doing. So when I was going through that battle and that war, that I did have it. Right. He had equipped me. He had right. equipped me with my Auntie Monica and my, my Auntie Shelly and my Uncle Damon and my, right. he had equipped me. And right. so when you focus right. on what you do have right. instead of what you think you don't have, right. it just changes the whole dynamic of the situation. So I'm here to tell you, Demasha, that you have me. Oh. And you are not alone. And I will fill your cup whenever you need it. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. It made everything just made perfect sense to me. Cause you know, like sometimes you just need someone to put it in perspective for you. So I focus on what I do have and what I'm able to do. Right. Without this situation, I probably would have been still moving slowful on a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But because I want to stay focused and because I want the very best for my children, I've been able to start a business, start a podcast. I mean, like, I've been able to go back to school and do some things, you know, like, even through the turmoil, God has still blessed me. Right. Has still blessed me. You are. But you know what else, though? That you don't even realize, because I can see it in your eyes that you don't realize it. What you have right now is awareness. Exactly. Exactly. Because you are aware of what you need to do. Some people, most people, not only are they not aware, they're content. You're not content. And you have awareness. Right. You're right. You, you have what you need to be successful. And I receive that, girl. I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so excited. I, I really am. I really am. I'm, I'm seeing myself grow in the last two exactly. years. I really have. I've seen myself become from a child to the shy, quiet person to, girl, I'm doing lives, you know? So. <laughs> That's right. Because just like, just like God brought you to me and you and me to you, there's somebody out there, and I would beg to say a lot of somebody's out there who need you, and they're searching for you, and they're like, I know that somebody's out there that I can connect with and, and resonate with and, and grow with, right? right? I know that they're out there. Right. So the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to find those people. Right. You are definitely right about that. You are so strong. You are so, so strong. And it has just been such a blessing to get to know you. 
It really has. Here, thank you. Same here. It, it was a God thing, I'm telling you, because I wasn't even going to comment on your post. I was like, oh, nobody's going to have me on this show. And then when you contact, and then when I saw you, it was like, oh, this is my sister. I didn't want to say nothing. I was like, oh, my God. I just felt the instant connection. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. So oh, gosh. Well, yeah, it's been amazing as usual. We're going to have to do this again because I know the people listening are like, oh, they've got some kind of magic happening, you know, because we, together, we rise. Right. Together, right. we rise. Together, you know? we rise. And that we don't each other's lights. We just like, oh, we're here. <laughs> and that goes for the people listening and watching, too. Together, we rise. And if yes. you listening or watching want to reach out to Demasha or to me, all you have to do is click a button. Literally, all you have to do is click a button. That's and amazing. the people that are genuine, I said this on somebody's post last night because they were like, oh, I, I really appreciate your honesty and your openness. And I said, that's because real recognizes real, baby. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's, that's all it is. That's all it is. Real recognizes real. And I yeah. know, I know things are going to get much better for you. Um, and I just thank you so much. I'm, and I, I got through without crying. Yeah, no, I had little tears coming down. I was trying to get through. I was like, man, we cried so much last time. We can't be doing all this crying. <laughs> but it was a wonderful seeing you. Thank you for having me on again. I appreciate you. I really do. Thank and you. we need to get together and take a girls trip or something so we can Ooh. laugh. New Orleans? I'm I'm Let's down. Go. Let's go. <laughs> down. <laughs> All right, Demasha, you have I'll a good week. With you later. See you All later. Right. Bye.